To was I drunk? A podcast that refined potential spirit and wax bucket parties. We always have more than one smear off ice. I am your host, Austin Cross, and with me this week are Jamie. Why was that so dis- seductive? <laughs> this is Wayne. That's how I talk. I'm horny. I have to go home. She's horny. <laughs> I'm That's Jenkins. horny. Horny joining us for the first time ever. I don't Jenkins. like it. I don't think I like and it here anymore. As we do every I would also like single to week, we're going to go ahead and kick it off to our bar master extraordinaire, Mr. Drinkins, and see what's on tap. I'm horny, so <laughs> the uh, drink on tap this, this delightful evening is a cranberry apple margarita. It is a fantastically festive, fabulous, fantastic. Fall. Is it seasonal? Fall, yeah. Is it fall? Fall. Autumnal. 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 Uh, something. Uh, drink. I was trying to do the whole alliteration with F's and I ran out of it. So. Well, you didn't even say fall. So. Yeah, well. But <laughs> it's it's really, that's great. Um, <laughs> so the recipe that I'm going to give you will fill a moderately sized punch bowl and probably fill eight glasses after you build it in your punch bowl. So keep that in mind. This is a cup recipe instead of an ounce recipe. And we're... We're filling our glasses with more. Yes, we are. They're delicious. Being a... All right, here we go. Being a margarita... Jesus. It is a tequila drink. So one and a half cup tequila, which is 12 ounces of tequila. One and a half cup apple cider... I actually subbed out apple cider for an alcoholic cider. I did pausing for a minute. I want to explain to the audience what's going on Everyone's right now. Everyone's very We so have funny. two different podcast guests uh, and hosts deciding to try to refill my glass with a strainer and a ladle, and they're both drunk they're as that. hell. So anyway, sorry if this episode is going to be a little extra drunky wonky. We pre-gamed a bit before this one, so my bad. Don't spill on the fucking laptop, please, for the love of God. All right, go on, Mr. Drinkins. So, yeah. So out of the, into the punch bowl. Out of the punch bowl. Into the punch bowl. Yeah. We're going to do uh, 12 ounces or one and a half cups of tequila. One and a half cups of apple cider, which I actually have subbed for an alcoholic cider here. One and a half cups of cranberry juice. And three-quarter cup orange juice. You're going to mix that all together in a punch bowl of your choice with some ice. And then you are going to ladle it into your favorite martini glasses. Half rimmed with uh, a brown sugar. I actually did a cinnamon sugar here, which is nice. But a brown sugar would probably be a little better because it doesn't quite have that spice to it but a little more sweetness a little more molasses the whatever. spice is nice the spice yeah. is nice <laughs> I think the we clearly adds to we it. clearly all like it all right, so do, the spice. Cinnamon, do yeah. cinnamon sugar guys do it do it up <laughs> and then i also garnished with a an eighth of an apple right <laughs> along the edge so that's the uh the fun little punch festive thing that i did for this week um what do you guys think you like it? well you know <laughs> yeah we seem to be fans this one right here, whereas last week's mm, cocktail is a punch put, in the balls. Put, no, it put hair on my balls. This one has removed the hair from my balls. I I'm, I'm, I'm now. I thought that was Wayne's uh, main. Well, product. yeah, I haven't used it that long yet. Mm. Um, but it, it's uh, you, call, you call me a smooth boy now <laughs> after drinking this. I am a smooth boy, Austin Cross. I refuse to call you that, Austin. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, please call me smooth boy. Never I really happen. do. I like that it has a little fruit slice and the cinnamon sugar. It's nice. It's like a little snack after all your right. alcohol you consume. <laughs> right. Like right. right. No, the apple slice is, is great. Really brings a lot to it in terms of the apple flavor. Uh, I know you had the apple cider uh, <laughs> uh, alcohol that you used instead of just <laughs> apple cider, which we are 
literally a five minute drive from a local orchard we that we could have easily gotten legitimate apple cider from. And, but and you can, and that would probably add a lot more to this drink than what we are currently experiencing. Um, what I will say, the with this being a, a cran apple kind of thing, um, you'll clear UTI. No. Okay. Uh, maybe uh, I'm not a I'm I'm not a medical professional. Cranberry I'm juice is good. Bottoms up. But what I will say the the cranberry does a lot for this drink. Like it actually it balances a whole lot of sweetness that's there with a little bit of tart, a little bit of mouth pucker, and it actually creates a good drink. <laughs> mouth pucker. I knew. I'm I knew my you were. Whole appreciation yeah. on this drink on the cinnamon sugar rim. That's fair. Not that I'm putting a lot of weight on that. Honestly, Ran, it has like a little I'm breakfast run out of that to cinnamon it. sugar rim, but I don't know what I'm gonna go. Ran for. appreciates a great rim job. Uh, I love a good oh. rim, especially a half Put rim job. Means a lot to me. <laughs> All right, so you did the recipe already for Personally, this? Personally, I prefer a full. Uh, yeah, I, I did. I, yeah. I read the recipe. All um, right. And that's that's pretty much it. But you know who else likes a good rim job? <laughs> who? Tell I don't know. Tell, tell us. Tell us. No. Well, uh, our first story, <laughs> our first story in our aperitif section. Uh, def- we, we, we haven't talked about how we like the drink, did we? Way to really like uh, butcher the transition there, bud. You know, hold on. <laughs> Did we talk about the drink yet? <laughs> we liked it. Yeah, we, we just talk, spent we the last twenty minutes. All right, so good. hey guys, it's good. We like it. I have a great story for you. What's that? God, this first topic is gonna be so, this first section sounds like shit. All right, so anyways, <laughs> we're all talking over each other. All right, so Trump. There was a rally in D.C. A rally for Trump. Mm, yeah. And record. Attendance, guys. Record attendance. Uh, Only Wayne, his biggest fans. Yeah. Would you please go ahead and explain what exactly was going on here? Well, you know, he had a uh, he had a rally in Washington D.C. Big capital. And but yeah, capital. And he had all of his biggest fans showed up. Makes sense. You know, all twenty of them, I believe, uh, including his guards. Yeah, it's like twenty-seven people that are there. But to your point, with the guards. There were two recorded guards there. I don't know how many there actually were. Truth, you know, doesn't have any consequences anymore. But at least 25 of his greatest supporters showed up for him at a rally in Washington, D.C. That's just a tremendous show of power for him. Look, in all fairness, and I do not care for Trump, so I'm not in the habit of defending that man. Really? However, I will say this. In D.C., I'm surprised there were 27 Trump supporters yeah. because the city is fairly heavily liberal. I mean, like 93% or something. Usually they got to bust them in. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's one of those things. It's just kind of funny, like semi-embarrassing for him. Obviously, his main rally is still have a fair amount of people showing up to them. But, yeah. I'm going to make a joke and I go mean, back and say the election, you know, I mean, there were more people there during the inauguration of Trump than there were any other person. Okay. So. Great. Yeah. Okay. True. But you're not wrong on the fact that those people don't live in D.C. These people are coming in. Something that Trump created with himself was he created a fan base for himself, not for his <laughs> ideologies or anything like that. I think fan base is a light, a lightweight term Cult. for what he has created. I, I read, never mind. Cult um, grouping. <laughs> no, he does have a following for himself that it's highly specific, regardless of his policies. Whether they're good oh, or bad, yeah. he has a following that's going to follow him to fucking D.C. or whatever, and it's cultish. It, no, it absolutely cult-ish. is. It, cultish, yeah. It's, and I think you're doing a, a great job, Ryan. Cuntish. It's cuntish. Don't let people. them bully you. You're you're doing so good. No, the truth is you're absolutely right. It is like a cult. It is like this, this is obsession with people. And you're right. It's independent of his policies because he changes his fucking opinion so goddamn it, often. They don't and care. And that's exactly what it is. is that's because it based on highly who he's trying to convince in that moment. It changes constantly. Hey, look, you know, uh, you can't really judge these people that love Trump because I go out with my Biden jacket, yeah. my Biden cape, my Biden and blue. Uh, you have the cape? To see your oh, Biden my cape gosh. Way. Do you have the Where socks, too? Week? Do you have the collectible I do have, socks? I do have the, the diamond. It's the Diamonds Joe socks. You're going to have to bring the Biden yeah. cape next week. It's a, it, there's also I also have a jacket that has him... Like hanging out on the on the hood of a Trans Am with a, the a case of uh, Natty Lights. 
I believe you. You know I really miss, can I be honest with you? The Onion, during Biden's vice presidency, ran these fucking tremendous articles where they basically took him as like a, a, like a, like a redneck Florida-like uh, badass frat boy and just ran these articles by him like, you know, showing the White House drunk uh, from a poker party. and. But that's the thing. It's like... That is legitimate Joe Biden. That's original there Joe is, Biden. There's a there's a picture of him recently from some, I don't know, some public uh, exchange. And there's a dude there with, like, cut-off sleeve T-shirt. Yeah. Like, 100% redneck dude. And he looks just fucking thrilled to be there. He's, like, shaking hands with Joe. Joe looks fucking ecstatic to be shaking hands with a guy that enjoys a really nice <laughs> cold Coors Light. Like I have told you a thousand times... If Joe Biden from 2012 ran, I would have been really supportive. Even though he's not as liberal as I would like, at least he had a personality and he fucking stuck with it. But he really has had that decline where I'm not saying he's completely senile or something, but he is definitely lost to several steps. Joe Slow Biden Joe. had a thing where it was, it's not that Biden was a perfect presidential candidate. Oh, it God, was, no. it was It was him or Trump. He I know. He picked the opportune time to run. He would not have run in any other situation, but he picked. He said, me or Trump, everyone, people fucking picked him. I think he would have I'm ran. I'm not saying everyone picked him. Obviously, there's a large Repu- Republican. I oh, think yeah. he I think he would have <laughs> ran. <laughs> but I think he would have ran in 16 had it not been for his son dying. Yes. If his son hadn't I, died. I don't disagree. Yeah. I think he would have run against Hillary and at least tried to get the nomination as vice president. And there's a very, very good chance that he would have actually gotten that nomination. Yeah, um, and he yeah. would have probably won against yes. Trump and it would have been fucking better. And you're it, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, Him against Trump in 2016, he would have won. Yeah. Hillary um, lost and Hillary was going to lose. Well, the, and that brings up the whole email thing. And, and <laughs> it's a whole different thing. But <laughs> grand scheme of thing, I, I don't actually dislike Joe Biden. I think that he has actually done a lot of good things throughout the years. I also think that he's been a very strong midliner as far as a, a Democrat Something goes. Something with not disliking Joe Biden is Joe Biden has the self-preservation that listen to other people. Whereas yeah. it's a, a skill that Trump sure. did not have. And Agreed. Joe Biden does listen to I think most of Joe Biden's great, grand ideas, no offense to him, I don't hate him, are not his own. But he listens to the people who are around him, and he's like, oh, this will get me more popularity. Oh, and that's... And he has the the real realism to acknowledge that. That's what, that's what you want in an elected official, is somebody who looks at it and says, here is something that the people want, and I am, and I am going to deliver on this promise. I am going to deliver on this thing that people want. But... So, if I learned anything from West Wing, every president needs a Leo. I mean, you need a great, great Leo. Okay, so we've gotten really off track of Joe Biden or Donald Trump and his small rally size. Well, I got a question: off. Have we um, like have we problem. met? We did that. Have we met since I went and saw the Lewis Black concert? Have I discussed I that yet? Don't think so. I don't know. I'm gonna throw in. I'm gonna call an audible real quick here. Oh, I want something I want to bitch about. No shit. No shit. So my wife and I, yes. Profit are me and Jamie causing the issue? Crossing the issue. Causing. It. I no, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. The off-topic you thing. Off you're topic. fine. Yeah, I no. Haven't, okay, I haven't. Sure I wasn't going completely off-topic. I just want to make it clear that I haven't really spoken during this segment so far. That's so. <laughs> so my wife and I went and saw. Ryan, please don't drag me into this. <laughs> we went and saw Lewis Black in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, he's a very like uh, outspoken, angry kind of comedian. Very in the show, he flat out says, "I'm going to say things that are going to piss you off. If I do, shut the fuck up. This is a comedy show. It doesn't matter, right?" And there was this jackass through the whole fucking show screaming pro-Trump shit and interrupting the whole goddamn comedy bit and derailing the whole fucking thing. And I am so sick and tired of people just not being able to keep their fucking opinions to themselves for two fucking seconds and let everyone else enjoy something. I'm going to ask this, and I've I've had this conversation with a couple of different people recently. When, When did this shift happen where our entire personality is hung on our political opinions? 2016. When, no, well, that's not entirely true. Started in the we 19. Shall overcome. Started in the 1970s and 80s. Pushed through into the 90s. Major with the moral majority and with Gingrich and the retaking of the House by the Republicans. And then it just kind of 9/11 happened. Iraq War, Afghanistan. People just basically moved in these two camps. Okay, I get that. I, I legitimately do. I grew up in the same world that you did. What? I don't what? remember. 
this. I don't remember this. I don't remember the people, like most people that you run into on the streets and most people that you mm. talk to weren't, their entire building. personality wasn't built on oh, well, then you a political belief. It you was paying building. attention. Yeah. His father in the 1990s was, his 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 identity in a lot of ways was tied to, to yeah, G. Gordon Liddy. Mm. And... Mm. And Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, Guns, <clears throat> Guns Magazine. Oh, yeah. Rush Limbaugh. The Democrats are trying him. to take away our guns. We need to, to supplicate that by by getting even more guns. Yeah. And this has been building. Now, the actual transition, Trump unlocked it. Trump unleashed it, I would say. Because yeah. you have a, in, in a Republican nominee in 2008 with McCain. You've got a nominee who was more moderate, more willing to be a little more conciliatory. I actually congratulated uh uh, Obama when he won, you know, whatever. Trump unlocked it and let it. F- well, hey, we have a choo choo coming by. A choo choo train. A choo choo. Damn, that's loud. I love those guys. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, but it's been building for a long time. But let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is. Trains. There's been a. Uh, the, the, the union that, that the train engineers are in has been going through a lot of. Uh, Issues recently, they don't think they're being paid well enough, which realistically they probably aren't because they're working extremely long hours for basically the same pay they were making like 20 years ago. They've been taking it in the caboose? More or less, yeah. Track truck drivers that we're talking about? No, 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 no. It's train engineers. Now, what this has done is affect the trucking industry in the sense that now more things are being pushed through trucking instead of trains because... Naturally, you go from one one uh, logistics uh, establishment to, to establishment to the other. I'm just curious, though. Like, I, I really, I don't mean to be a disrespectful asshole, but I'm going to be a little bit here. <laughs> so, what I, a conductor of a train that's on a track, an engineer. That, oh, that's fine. Yeah. An engineer, fine, great. If I'm comparing the skill set that it takes to Sit behind a locomotive that is on a on a on a train on, on a on a on a rail that you doesn't know? go anywhere else. You do you know what? Button? You don't have stop hey, signs. You do don't you have you 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 go. You do you have two and options. You stop. You yeah. have two options. You go. Do you, do you, and you know? You stop. Do you know the button? Versus a truck that, driver hey. that has all of these things that. Let him cut in. Let him cut in. Hey, Aaron. Aaron? Yes. Cut in. Do you know? Do you know the button that controls the the you go and the button scared. that controls the stop? The button that controls the stop. Yeah. There's no button. There's there's various different buttons that control the amount of energy output that you put into the engine. Sure. That controls how fast it goes versus how slow it goes. Sure. And that, anybody that hasn't played Trade Simulator 2000. Doesn't have shit to say. Okay, what I do in my free time is none of your fucking business. I don't disagree with either of those things. What I'm saying is the skill set, which all that you're doing is reinforcing my argument, which is the skill set of the guy sitting behind the conductor seat who presses a button that goes forward. Now, we need a giggle break. Because we have Jamie over here Jamie, laughing. are you okay? Like one of those creatures from Rick and Morty that fucking evil Rick had in his fucking lair. <laughs> oh, that's so true. It's funny, though. Are you going to be all right? Yeah. What is it, Jamie? Fine. Check. No shit. <laughs> Go to so, bed. So I heard that William Shatner was a little bit underwhelmed by his experience in space. Yeah. Oh, my God, Jamie. Use the voice message. That's been a... Mm. So, 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 so trash. Okay. Wow, this is gonna be unlistenable. It's mm, fantastic. This has gone off the rails I real fast. Off the rails. So hey. William Shatner. Anyways, yeah. Hey, go she to bed. The train joke. Then go to bed. It's fine. She's fine. She's Anyways. fine. Stop wagging your finger at her like some. Kind I'm of not. I'm wagging the finger at my bed, not at her. Oh. Like well, some what? Should we stop this podcast right now? No. Anyways, yeah. So well, After William Shatner uh, went into space. <sighs> went into space and basically Are said, "Are we recording right now?" Yes. Well, unclear. Oh my god. <laughs> William Shatner. William, Sh- William Shatner went into space 
With and Elon Musk. With Elon Musk. No, no, sorry. It was Jeff, uh, Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Yeah. The other Bad rich Trump. billionaire yeah. demagogue. I'm the one who sent the original. Uh, <laughs> demagogue round two. Demagogue. Uh, and Demidome. basically uh, did not like his, his experience in space. Who does? Uh, said, you know, well All after the fact that... are here on Earth. Mm. There's like stars in space, I think. <laughs> Accurate. A little bit. A Nailed little it. Bit. Yeah. Especially when William Shatner went up there. Well, it surprises me wow. because right after the experience, I've been reading several articles, I'm a big Star Trek fan, that he had said it was amazing and all these things. He was giving this big speech and he got pissed off because Jeff Bezos interrupted that speech by popping like a fucking champagne yeah. bottle back on Earth. Like spraying it all spraying over him and everybody. <laughs> well, it was a dick measuring contest and yeah. William Shatner wasn't invited. Oh, he should but be. to that point, like he he basically went up and sound, saw the, the boundless limits of space and was like, boy, this is depressing. There's, okay, so... I don't know if anyone, you know, uh, if, if we collectively know in this room what's out there in space. You get up there, you look around, there's nothing. It's empty. There's literally... And they did not go that far out of orbit. Not out of orbit at all. They literally just went out of the atmosphere, yeah. floated for a few minutes, and then came back down. Okay, but well, and that was the whole point of the William Shatner quote, is that there's not, there's not much out there that's going to satisfy you in a way that what's on Earth can't satisfy you. You know? It's I agree. And there you can see the stars better, I bet. Not not, not very many blowjobs in space. Well, well you can't really see uh, the stars better. You go for with, minimal number of rim jobs. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. You can't really see like the stars that, that, that well uh, from Earth, but you get up into space and, like, yeah, you can see everything very well and everything is very extremely far away. So I could understand how it could be a potentially depressing thing for people to see that uh like yes there is just nothing for billions of millions of miles and nothing for you to see i'm just want to i mean and i think that's what it was it's like part of william shatner's quote because he spent so much of his time creating this whole universe with star trek and there's so much out there there's so much out there and then he's like, oh, out there on this spaceship. And he's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I guess there's not that really that much. Yeah, I, I don't know at a certain point when you start looking at, when you live a, a character's life, um, you live a sci-fi character's <laughs> life in particular, and you experience a small portion of what that is. Yeah, of course it's going to be, it's going to be unsatisfactory, I guess. Yeah, I was going to build on that um, because it would be extremely lackluster compared to the universe that he did create and the um, the technology that he created because everything would be completely different due to our capabilities as humans and with our technology that we have available. Uh, it would just be completely different than what the show portrayed. But the comparison there is like saying... You go to the beach, you take a step out into the water, and you go, there's nothing to see in the open ocean. There's just nothing out here. Yeah. You're you're literally taking a step towards it and saying, this is all that there is. I don't think that that's accurate. I was going to say, I don't think that's what he was saying at all, but like it is completely, it, it's different because he doesn't have the capabilities to explore what he explored fictionally. Can we just be real? Yeah. Can we just be real for a second? Sure. I love William Shatner. I love Star Trek. The man's got an ego the size of the Eiffel Tower. It could also be just because he needs some press, and this gets him some press saying something else that's contrary to what the experience should be, especially considering right after the experience, and he maybe reflected on it, maybe he decided after the fact it wasn't as transformative. But right after the fact, I saw the interviews. He was super pumped. He was super like, oh, my God. So it yeah. could just be him wanting some more press. Ninety-year-old man, let's give him, let's give him a little attention. Yeah, and that's the the <laughs> that's the flip side. Maybe that's the story. Ninety-year-old man who's been in pop culture for what sixty-five years at this point, and hyper like, prominent in this sort of environment of oh space travel and all this stuff too. 
Yeah. But beyond that, reinvented himself with all these different series and different things, and and yeah, like, T.J. Hooker, real yeah. real phenomenon. But <laughs> flip side, like uh, Boston Legal was a great show. I'm not arguing that his character was particularly fantastic in that or led that, but there were some moments where it was like great shit. On his tombstone, he'll read Captain Kirk. I'm yeah, just saying it's true. And no matter what he's done in his life, that is going to be the one thing he is truly remembered for is Star Trek. I agree. And, and, and that must suck as an actor. I get that, but whatever. Um, I want to go ahead and move on to another topic we had kind of discussed, which is the Right Stuff social network app. Mm. Um, I heard yeah. it launched, and I heard the ladies are loving it. I'm sure. If by that well, you mean I, they're not existing. As a lady, I'm going to need a little more clarification on what this is. The right stuff, or Wayne, you want to explain it? Uh, yeah, sure, I can go. Go ahead. right ahead, please. So, the right stuff is a dating platform for right wing uh, Maybe individuals. Maybe I did see this. Patriots. And it was just yeah. men, not women. So, right? yeah. So, uh, basically, the whole goal was, you know, you know, you're you're very right wing. You're very conservative. You know, you want to go on a dating website and you want to find somebody who shares those ideals. And it turns out that all the people that share those ideals are other white men. <laughs> No. Okay, no. No. Is it true that they did not um, check that they were the only business with this name before they started advertising? They did, they did not check. It? Probably not. And there is another one, mm. uh, and they have filed suit against <laughs> the uh, the right wing dating app a little bit. They're 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 examining their options if they've been filed. The, suit they're going to win. Don't worry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. They've been around for a lot longer too, and they are not a right wing specific uh, app. Yeah, no, this is coming. First of all, this is just such a asinine move in the first place. But secondly, <laughs> beyond all that, uh, from my understanding, the way they rolled this thing out was it was only in the D.C. area as a test market, yep. which is notoriously not conservative. Yeah, you two, don't roll this out in a. <laughs> you two, don't do that. It was invite only, right? And so it, it was basically just being invite only amongst conservative lawmakers, aides, and people like that, right? Yeah. Which and so is fine. Yeah. Grand scheme of th- Facebook started this way, essentially. I mean, well, not this way. <laughs> started with this oh, invite-only. But that's not how things are set up anymore. They're no. not meant for this invite-only platform anymore. No, they're okay, not. but, like, did not they invite... Not actual success. Did they invite women? Because it seems like... <laughs> they tried to. Not. They tried. I and believe you. A bunch of, from my understanding, interviews with right-wing female staffers in Washington said, no, it's just a bunch of Mitch McConnell's aides. We're not joining it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, think think about it. If it's invite-only, they should be conscious of who they're inviting. Yeah. You can literally put a filter on Tinder that says, I want a fascist. There's no need for this. Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, if you're really looking for an extremely conservative right-wing male, you've already been essentially... In an arranged marriage with him for years, so I don't know. It's uh, that's a good one, Wayne. Uh, He's funny because (laughs) we disagree. Yeah, let's all pretend. Let's all pretend that small towns don't go like you know. Well, Johnny here, you know, he's a pillar of the community. You should really marry him. Don't move out to that big city and explain other options. Weird. I would have had an arranged marriage. I'm also. But I weirded it up too much. I'm I'm a pillar of the community. Well, better a pillar of the community. I believe you. Well, from right wing to right wing nut job, let's go move into Trump indictment watch. I will be dirty, rotten, traitor, and yes, stupid. So for Trump indictment watch this week, we're going to go ahead and talk about the special master. Um, there is some, the special master <laughs> being assigned to the Mar-a-Lago search case. He's supposed to review the documents and determine whether or not they are in bounds for the government to seize. Uh, that uh, the, is this a legal thing? We talked about this like fucking like four weeks ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Special masters. So anyways, uh, this guy Deary was appointed by Reagan. <laughs> so he's a, he's a Republican, right? Yeah. In New York. And he has been especially hard on the Trump legal team because you know, they're fucking incompetent, arguing stupid shit that doesn't really hold in the court of law. And even though he's a conservative, he's not a moron. So, uh, he's been basically, let's say, uh, hamstrung by a judge above him named Cannon, who apparently, one, 
Um, went against a previous request from Deary, so Deary is the one that requested this, for Trump's legal team to submit formal objections to the FBI's inventory of items. So, hey, if you don't think these things are in bounds, give us a reason why. Eight makes yeah. sense. Yeah. She said, no, they don't have to do that. They don't have to do that. And um, on top of that, they, she also gave him longer to review the documents, which he didn't think he needed and he didn't want. Right? Yeah. So what is there more to review? So there's some question of whether he'll just resign um, over this, you God know? God forbid. Well, God actually forbid, because God forbid a more pro-Trump, blind, doesn't oh. care about the actual law Somebody, itself judge takes right. it. Yeah, exactly. Somebody that who is, who is interested in making sure that all the legal precedences have been set. And yeah. that things have been done the correct way. D- does God forbid any of this? Well, Amen. no. Trump is God's anointed candidate on earth, obviously. True. But so, I don't know. First of all, there's some people saying that he should resign just to show how corrupt this decision was by the by Cannon's uh, judgment here. Um, and some people are saying, no, please, for the love of God, don't do that because you were the only judge that both Democrats and Republicans agreed to. Right, yeah. So, anyway, it's just a quick thought there, a quick update, because it looks like uh, there's some more trouble in Trump world. So, as we love The paradise. Speaking of paradise, we're going to launch into our very next segment, which we call Florida Man. Y'all watch this. Florida Man. So this week on Florida Man, Florida we Man. have caught on camera. Florida Man uses toddler as human shield during police standoff. That's disgusting. And the image I have right here well. is him holding a what looks to be damn near buck-ass naked toddler and a cop with a taser aimed straight at him. So, this, do you see the picture right there, Jamie? You having a good time? Bent over looking at that? Yep. Good times? Okay. I was just leaning over in my seat. I was not bent over, you That's still weirdo. bent over. I didn't say <laughs> I didn't say ass up, face down. I just said yeah. bent over. But to be fair, <laughs> your face literally thing. was touching the table. Okay, so. I want you to leave me alone. Palm <laughs> Coast, Florida. <laughs> Palm Coast, Florida. Florida deputies with a shocking body cam footage to speak of a man using a one-year-old toddler as a human shield following a wild chase. The incident happened on September 27th in Flagler County. That's just truly, absolutely disgusting. Who uses a freaking child as a as a shield? That's an excellent question. The so of deputies, it was Brandon, Brandon Matthew <laughs> Douglas Lanier, 27, of Palm Coast, accused of kidnapping his girlfriend's child from her home while armed with a gun. So this wasn't his kid. You can't even use your child to protect yourself. You have to kidnap your girlfriend's kid to do, yeah. do it. Yeah. Yeah, obviously. That's, that's the, yeah. Like, really? Well, if you're a kid, then you care about them. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Well, supposedly. If you don't have a kid, you use what's available. Is that and that right? was his girlfriend's kid. <laughs> Deputies said they eventually spotted him driving recklessly with a toddler in his lap. This uh, was holding on to him. Hey, no, 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 that's assumption that you're making there. It was just on his lap. That's not saying that he was protecting him. Also, also to be fair. They probably should have been in a child seat in the back seat. Yes. Well, I, I I don't disagree, Wayne, but that is not how you use a human or, shield. Or at least, <laughs> <laughs> or at least back there in a in a backward facing seat in the front seat. Right. All backward facing under a certain weight. Yeah. yeah so yeah. according to authorities, Lanner led them on a chase, driving into oncoming traffic before entering a Target parking lot and stopping inside the parking lot of a nearby McDonald's. Good plug there. The video shows Lanner holding the child. Great press recently. <laughs> <Ba-dum>, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I'm uh, loving it. I'm shielding it. <laughs> I'm shielding. Oh, wow. The video shows Lanner holding the child in front of his body as deputies point their taser aim. Put the baby down! Mm-hmm. A deputy is heard yelling at Lanier. Get on the ground! A deputy eventually deploys his taser, although Lanier was still holding the child. Lanier is heard screaming and falling to the ground with the child in his arms. They tased the hey. fucking guy with the baby in his oh, arms. Nice. Hey. What, what excellent ac- accuracy, though, because you know, you know that, I know. that for a taser to work, both prongs have to go into the perpetrator. And separated the perpetrator. by a certain amount of distance. They deploy at, a, at an angle. But 
would would the electricity go into the child? No. Is that true? No. The way that no, works no. is yeah. only only if the child is in between the two contact points of the taser and making direct contact with the person's body. Yeah. So if you were being tased and you had one prong in your titty and one prong in your thigh, and I put my hand on your belly, I would get tased. Okay. What if I was holding a one child? One prong in the titty. Once again, it has to be the, the child making the contact point of the child would have to be between the two prongs. Yeah. So if I was holding the child lower on my body, once again you're holding it out, not directly against your. What body. if I? That is assumption. <laughs> that is assumption. Uh, well, when I hold a child the child maybe got tased. Yeah. I don't fucking know. Yeah. The child There's clothing in between. The dude point probably is, wasn't holding child like to his bare chest. I will buy you a new okay, chair. Okay, I super disagree. Have you ever held? Okay, it's more awkward to hold a child out here was, than it is to hold them to you. That's cool. the point I was trying to make. Like, if you're holding a child, I'm sorry I touched your hand. Oh, please do it again. Okay. Uh, if if you're holding a child, like, you're not holding it out away from your body. Yeah, you hold you're it holding it against you. your body. So I feel like Maybe they chased a child on accident. If can, you're using the... If you're it's using fine. it as a shield. It's his girlfriend's child. So oh, I God, like this gets familiar. real sad. I would not so, a boyfriend. Oh, no. Uh, I gotta finish this off. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Shut the fuck up, everybody. Did we read the rest of the article, Austin? No, we gotta finish this off. <laughs> oh, no. So, Lanner's heard screaming and falling to the ground with the child in his arms. Luckily, he did not fall face forward, and Deputy was able to grab the child, who appeared to be unharmed from the fall. Mm, from good. the fall. That's excellent. How about we wrap up here and end the story? No. Dad, dad. Dad, dad, the toddler's heard crying in the video as he reaches hands towards Laner. Authorities said Laner was tried crawling under a truck and running off where he was detained with the help of a canine unit. He's facing charges of kidnapping, child neglect, using a minor as a shield. That's a fucking crime. It's literally a crime? Using a minor as a shield? Is that a fucking crime in the Florida law book? Um, I mean, that's happened enough times? That's happened enough times? But it passed a specific fucking law for it? Look, Jesus Christ. Look, it Amber should be. arrest. I mean, it should be, obviously. The I data, mean, data, that breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. That, that breaks my fucking heart. That's kind of sad. But realistically, let's put it into perspective. This is something that a child will not even recall until they're in therapy in their late teens. That's true. So someone pays a lot of money for them to remember. Yeah. So it looks like we have a funny Florida man story turns into a tragic, sad Florida man story. Isn't that most of them? Yeah, don't, pretty don't they much. just all kind of devolve towards that? They really do. All right, so with that, we're going to take a break and get an ad from one of our very fictitious sponsors. The sweet, savory, salty taste of butter combined with the health benefits of frequent trips in the emergency room, butter help. Our butter has been subjected to laboratory tests by the best doctors we could buy. Two strong hands gripping that rod tight and pumping that turn over and over and over until the butter is thick and creamy. Just right, it's our special secret. <laughs> the only service that sends you one high quality stick of almost churned butter each day. Don't get trapped in the bullshit of good fats and bad fats. Achieve both in one stick at a time. Cholesterol, never heard of the bitch. Butter's a carb. Quit worrying and eat up. Gluten-free, sugar-free, keto-friendly, and vegan-adjacent, and 100% badass. Each stick of our butter is guaranteed to get that heart racing. I can't believe. I can't believe. I can't believe. <laughs> it's real butter. Butter health. Well, I'll tell you what, I have been having intermittent chest pains for the last month, but butter health is so fucking, and there's something about that voice, just, yeah, makes me want to just I shove them in my throat. I, I listened to the ad, catatonic on my couch for, I don't know, a week now. I know. It's, uh, that hmm. commercial's got me feeling a certain kind of way. I know. So what's the uh, the promo code for that? Are we, is there a promo code for that one? That was uh, 22 churn it. Mmm, okay. Uh, pump that churn. All right, so our main topic for tonight is going to be the subject of quiet quitting. What's that? Well, that's an excellent point. Rand, you want to describe quiet quitting for us? You're, no, nope. she's shaking her head no, nope. aggressively and quietly. Wait, isn't that that thing where people just stop trying because they're not getting paid enough? Basically, yeah. So it's, well, it's, it's essentially the, the practice of... 
you are getting asked to do more than your actual job responsible is at work. You are not paid quite enough. And you've decided, I'm going to do my job, but just my job, as defined by my boss. Let's go Rand first. I mean, when I raised my hand originally, it was because I think that I practice quite putting in my job. I don't, you know, slack off, but I don't go above and beyond for my job. Because I acknowledge that there, there was no potential for me to move up within a reasonable time period. So I do my job. And I go home and I don't fucking think about my job. Can we first of all just all agree it's a misnomer? This bullshit. It is. Yeah, yes. that's the point that I want to make is that I've I've heard it referred to as instead of quiet quitting, acting your wage. Hey, yeah, that's another. Good that's point funny. For I like yeah. that. Yeah, because it's true. It's so many jobs. I've worked at many jobs, and all of them always have that like, hey, here's your job responsibilities, and then we're gonna throw in at the very end there, hey, just anything else that we need you to do, and that's bullshit. And it's not fair. You're right. So I'm I'm gonna jump in. I've been I've been a manager for a lot of different companies. Um, I've read a lot of uh, job descriptions to employees that I hire, and what one thing that I have noticed, and I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with this, but one thing that I have noticed over the years is the job description that I read to my new newly hired associates. Uh, has expanded, like, sincerely. The the job description used to be, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and now it's X, Y, and Z plus cycling the alphabet back well, to they, A, B, and C. That's just because they threw the extra shit onto the job description. Agreed. Yeah. For the same but, fucking pay. But that's, that's the argument, is... So at a certain point, when, you know, at your wage or quiet quitting, whichever way you want to you look at it, I'm not saying that it's right or wrong, but I do argue... And, and maybe I will weigh in on this, but I do I do argue, you know, the idea is you do a little bit more each 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 iteration, each whatever. So Okay, so with that, I think it's different if it's added into the job description. If it's in the job description, that's one thing. Then you technically got hired on with that acknowledgement. But that's not what happens because what happens you get you get hired on happy to do ABC. Okay, and then they realize, like, oh, she's competent. She, you know, oh, they do what they're supposed to do, and they get that early, and then they add D, F, G onto it. They should be misgendering. Because they realize that you can do it. Ray, and you were so good at the alphabet. Yeah, I've been practicing, (laughs) baby. Um, So, but they add that on because they realize, like, oh, she has time to do that. And that's where, for me, quiet quitting comes in, is whatever my job description is, it takes me the whole day. It takes me the whole day whether it does or not because I'm not going to... I do go above and beyond to a degree, but not to any excessive point because I'm getting. I'm not getting paid enough to take on all these extra responsibilities that they're going to put on me if I let them. Because I've, I'm i a hard worker. And my, all my jobs, every job I've ever worked has added on these other things to me if I let them. And I'm finally coming to the point where I'm realizing yeah. I don't want to do extra shit for the same amount of pay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think I'm kind of in the same boat, but I just keep doing the extra things. And uh, <laughs> I'm just, I just, I just do them. Um, and that's how a lot of people have been for a long time. But now, long it's, time. Now it's kind of come to a head where it's like, well, I can either overperform at this job for this pay, or I can switch off to this job, get the same pay for less amount of work. Well, and I think this is something that really started off more so in the 80s and 90s was this idea of we need to cut costs, we need to increase profits, cut costs, increase, increase profits. And to do that, how do we do it? Well, we just ask more of our employees. We just push more of our employees. We keep their wages barely keeping up with uh, cost of living. Well, when was when was internships? Like, when did that start becoming a thing? I mean, that's a been thing? a long time thing. But no, I get that. Unpaid but, internships uh, yes, like, took off, I'm sure, in the within that same 80s, time. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so much should have to do with that and with, especially recently, with inflation and everything is because here's the thing, they're paying their employees the same amount, but they there's less employees to go around. So they're spreading that work out among these employees. It's, it's less employees, same amount of work, but the same rate of pay that they're expecting to be translated. And pay is going up, but not in, in rate with inflation for most most sectors right now. 
And you're right, they're asking a lot more of people. It's stretching them thinner, making them less wanting to do extra shit, making them more aware of the fact they're being asked to do stuff that's not really their job responsibilities, things that they shouldn't be asked to do. And that's the thing is that, that at almost every job I've worked at, I have had people who are making the same pay as me that aren't putting in as much effort. And there is almost no repercussion for them for putting in less effort. But if I one day just kind of phone it in, then suddenly it's a, oh, Wayne, you know, we noticed that you didn't put in much effort today. Yeah. Oh, and that's exactly where it came in for me. Because I've been with the same company for, for two years. But I switched positions recently. In my old position, I was putting in all this extra effort and not getting even slightly acknowledged. So when I switched to this new position, I just put in a minimal amount of effort. And they've been, they love it. They're up my ass about it. And I'm not being lazy. But I'm putting in bare levels. So if I put in my true level of effort that I was capable of... I would not, there would be no additional compensation for yeah, it. Absolutely no, and, not. Uh, okay, so I'm. <laughs> I agree. Compensation levels should match talent levels. They should. Uh, flip side is, I've been in that that shitty management position. I'm sorry, I have been. I have been in that shitty management position where I have employees making far less than they should, and it eats me up as, on a personal level. Flip side is, I look at it as a tremendous benefit to me as a manager who I don't have to do nearly as, as hard of a job as I would if I didn't have these people, let alone the fact that, and this is a really shitty admission, but sometimes they really want to go out of their way and they might stop and grab a Starbucks on their way in and bring me a coffee. You know, like... Yeah, it feels good to, to fuck your employees, doesn't no, it, Jenkins? It has and then nothing, have them bring you coffee. Uh, come on. You're like, you bend them over, you take advantage, and you go, hey, babe, bring me a latte. That's, that's, I gotcha. That's exactly no, I I what I'm talking sure. about, yeah. But there's places that that look at that, and they're like, ah, oh, that's just a nice thing that the employee did. There's places that look at it and say, like, well, that's the minimum exploit expectation of so my employees ex- yeah. is uh, is that they do extra things for me yeah, as sure. a manager. I mean, that kind of goes into two things. Is First of all, is that minimum ex- my minimum level still exceeds minimum expectation of a job, but also you're talking about the fucking lattes, and now you're talking about them, like, fuck, suck my dick, I'll buy you a latte, but... That's not. In all fairness, let's be real. That's not what he was saying. Yeah, I'm gonna go on the record here and say. (laughs) That's what I said. Um, But about like companies and the and the way their compensation programs work, and they don't want to add extra compensation. No, it's pizza day every fucking five months. Fucking Papa John's fucking pizza, and it's not the same. Wait, wait, did you get your own garlic sauce? Especially in a place like where we have 24 hour shifts. Yeah. So really only first shifts get fucking Papa John pizza and fuck second and third shift. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, this has been a continuing problem, like I said, since this mindset changed over. Again, once again, it's, it's cyclical, right? You had this mindset turn of the century, profits, power, profits, fuck the employees, labor laws came in, unions came in, changed unions. it. Go unions! And then it backslid after the 70s and the 80s. It's all about profits, power, profits, corporations increasing their, 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 their top earners' pay and fucking the employees over. And it's just got, it's reached a point and where 40 years now, we're like, we're done. We're just fucking done. Well, now we're gonna see. We will. We will see the rise of unions again. However, we're already I, seeing it. We, we are. Agree. Yes. Yeah. Literally, there was a headline recently: uh, strippers union. Strippers union. In <laughs> in Las Vegas. Get on that poll and uh, talk about your rights. But in the opposite way, you can talk about how much Starbucks specifically has been trying to unionize and how yeah. much that has been continuously canceled. Squashed. It's get again squashed. And again and again. Same oh, with it's Amazon. expanding fairly quickly. No, I've seen a yeah, lot of Starbucks they, unionizing. They keep getting crushed. They yeah. unionize yeah. and then they're unionized for two months and then, oh, that store's closing. Yeah. You know. Well, that's the oldest trick. Walmart's done that shit for yeah. years. I, we, uh, well, you know, Aaron, you and I both worked at PetSmart yep. years ago. And I don't know if you recall, but there was a definite point where they sent out an email basically requesting for uh, employees and managers to sign up to basically like fly out to, it was middle of nowhere. It was like, 
It was Arizona. I'm, was it, I'm almost 100% it was Arizona. It, it was one of, the, one of their districts where basically someone had been trying to unionize in the stores, and their their response to that was to fire literally everybody. Oh, yeah. They fired every single employee. They fired every single mm-hmm. store manager. They fired the district manager, the assistant district manager, everybody that had any sort of involvement or could have, quote, unquote, stopped it. Uh, they just fired them all, and then they were like, well, we're just going to close down those stores until we can get enough volunteers to fly out from other states to run the stores. That's where picket lines yeah, come in. Yeah, for a pet smart. Right, right for a well, pet smart. But the flip side is, okay, there's uh, there's so many things to talk about with that. One, um, you're talking about a pet store where all of those animals that are within those pet stores that they closed are dead. Like that, and yeah. and corporate doesn't care. Yeah, corporate doesn't give a shit. Uh, which is kind of funny because you know it's a corporation that is that cares about animals, right? But yeah, the other aspect is I've been on all sides of this. This is another thing I wanted to weigh in on. I have I've managed union buildings. I have been in a union. Um, I have been in a non-union store within a district that was entirely unionized and the union was trying to get in the building. So I've seen all different aspects of this. And, you know, I'm as an individual, I'm pro-union as a as a manager. I'm kind of out there. You know, I, I, I it's. It's a, it's a, union a difficult makes, thing. Unions make management's life more difficult. It does. I'm sorry, it does. Because I want to help my associates, and unions get in the way of that. The flip side is I have to play by corporate's rules. Like, it's not my rule book that I write. So unions do get in the way of that. Yeah. If you're a good manager so and you corporate. want to— yeah, Right. And so there's, there's things—I am, again, pro-union as an individual, but it has— bitten me in the ass trying to manage but one good manager or 20 bad managers correct come on how many good managers are there really come on let's read retail and fucking food service jesus christ sure agreed mostly bad management i mean i will say here's the thing i think i'm not pro manager in a way but i think that most managers want to be good managers but they're just so limited by the restrictions of what corporate tells them they can and can't do that they don't get to be the good managers they want to be Irregardless, they just have to be the poor corporate managers. I just really feel like no matter what you're talking about, at the end of the day, companies. First of all, like I said, I do not agree with the quiet quitting fucking uh, mantra. Anyways, it, it really is just people doing their fucking job based I'm on what they should do be doing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and at yeah. the end of the day, these companies fucking deserve it. They deserve it for criminally keeping wages as low as they have for as long as they have. 100%. And then just pumping up their fucking executives' pay like crazy, getting them golden parachutes, and they fuck the company right. to the ground. 2,000% right. increase. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well, and Ridiculous. That's, and that's the thing is that the whole quiet quitting term is this is 100% mostly a, like, corporate-level term. Yeah, it's because, media's... Yeah. Oh, that's hit the media agree. like yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah, because most most people are just like, yeah, I'm just doing what I'm paid to do. Unfortunately, what I'm paid to do is not what they're trying to get me But it's controlling do. the narrative. Correct. Now, yeah. everyone sees quiet quitting. Quitting, that sounds bad. Yeah. Well, and something that's more specific to my job, because here's the thing. I work in a medical field, and I'm not like a medically trained professional, but I work in a medical field, and we have objectively profited from COVID. We have profited from COVID and we have greatly increased our volume because of that, but there's no increase in pay because of the increase in volume and the increase of profit based on COVID. Name a field that has not profited from COVID. Strippers. Well, you know what? We, ha- uh, my company had these COVID testing sites, okay? And there was people who worked inside the office of these COVID testing sites and there was people who went out and physically did swaps. There was no fucking hazard pay for those people who were out there doing the actual swabs. You wouldn't you wouldn't think there'd be a fucking hazard pay for that. There was no additional incentive. It was implied. It's like, oh, well, you have to learn how to do it. You well, have to learn how to go out there and do actual fucking COVID swabs. I mean, no I, additional pay. I assume you're not unionized, right? No. Of course no, not. There's no so, union. But, but the management surely would be watching out for you. Yeah, right? yeah, we trust her. I mean, explicitly. they certainly would want to make sure you have what you need and, and be definitely equipped to do so. Look, I and have you know, had union jobs and non-union jobs. Now, I've been a manager of a union shop, but I'll tell you this much. 
working for a company that had a union, my pay was so much better than it ever would have been had it not been. My benefits were better than they are now, and I have a governmental job now, okay, right. um, which is ridiculous. And my working conditions were awesome. I got all the breaks I was scheduled. I was given everything I needed. Hell, I quit the fucking job. And then a year and a half later, I got a check for almost $3,000. The union had finally worked out an agreement with the company and took over for us to back pay us all of the vacation pay they owed us. And Whoa. even though I wasn't working for them two, like almost two years later, I just got a check in the mail. Because they were like, oh, no, you were part of the union at this time. Here's your fucking money. Like, yeah. thank you. These things are – and I, I – these things are absolutely, truly amazing. And I do agree that these things should happen. No, it's not a nipple-rubbing exercise. This one's okay? hard. This one's not. Yeah, yeah. My, Weird. Yeah. What? The, what I'm, <laughs> what I'm driving are. at here is, as a manager, I ensured people got breaks. Period. End of statement, regardless of a union or not. Now, there are elements to union shops that I ran that were better that were better, sincerely. I also encountered, as a manager of a union shop, I couldn't have a conversation with an associate without waiting two weeks for that union rep to show up to my building to have a conversation with that associate with a grievance that they had over a fucking scheduling issue that was two months old that didn't matter anymore. So there are good and there are bad. I mean, but how much of that is the fault of the union? It's like as a concept itself and it how much of it is a fault of the unions being under certain I just think if we had unions in most places don't, there's problems in unions don't get me fucking wrong we all know there are problems in unions okay it's a for profit thing but so do the, not disguise this as a, a what about Ryan's everything question? that is run by profit has issues but at the end of the day really all I'm trying to really? say is this quiet quitting nonsense probably wouldn't be half of the issue if we had more unionized places right. Or if if places just treated their employees like they weren't machines. Agreed. Like, like God forbid. And yeah. As if the only thing motivating them in the whole world wasn't Papa John's pizza. Right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, ping literally. pong tables. Every uh, yeah, every ping single ping pong tables all day long. Every single company I've ever worked for is like our employees are upset about stuff. You know what? It's pizza party time. Yeah. It's like, but how about we just yeah. take care of the issues that the employees are upset about? Yeah. No 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 pizza. And yeah, give exactly. them pizza. I think it should be both. I don't yeah. think it should be an either or. They're not sort of mutually thing. exclusive. Yeah. Really it is fine like, to raise pay, have better hours, and give them pizza. Yeah. That's fine. I think it should be both. At the end of the day, I, mean, I, I don't know. I think it boils down to just this: people are selfish pieces of shit for the mm -hmm. most part, and employers are selfish pieces of shit for the most part, who are going to do whatever they can to increase their benefit. At the expense of others. If someone's willing to do the work for them for not getting paid, they're going to have that person that do no. the work for them without getting paid. Every single effing time. And that's the only reason why there's so many companies that are upset about the whole quiet quitting thing now. Yeah. Is that it used to be, okay, this person doesn't want to work very hard for what we're paying them. We'll just get rid of them and get somebody new. Well, now they're running into the fact that there are so many people who basically say, like, hey... This thing you want me to do, that's not in my job description, so I'm not going to do it yeah. unless you want to pay me more. I'll do it if you pay me more. So I have a theory on um, makeup. I have a theory on cosmetics that I, I hate them. I hate makeup. I think that makeup should be gone. I, I okay. really don't like people wearing makeup. God, Broadway's going to suck. Okay. <laughs> so you and I have had this conversation, and Wayne... And we talk about this, and, and I bring this up to you, and I talk about the, the frustration that I have with it. And then you tell me, that's fine and good. Eliminate makeup from the world. But all it's going to take is one person to, to start wearing makeup, and it's going to start this whole cycle over again. Yep. And I understand that, and that's the same kind of thing as this. All it's going to take is one person to do a little bit extra in their job. And then it's going to take, it's going to spread again. So I, maybe this is an apex of that. And it's, we're going to topple over this cliff. There's going to be a reset button. Things will get better for a while. And then there will be a, a buildup again. You know, I think part of it is 
people feel like they have to go above and beyond in order to qualify for an advancement and a position. And in a lot of times, people just don't have anywhere they can advance to in a position. Well, so they go well, above and beyond just to get that advancement. What happens is people go above and beyond, which is great, but then that just turns into their normal. That's the problem, is that it turns into their normal and then it's no longer acknowledged. That's that's where it turns into the issue. It's not the going above and beyond if you want to. Right. And going above and beyond profession, but then people just expect it. Right. And it's yeah. not appreciated. So it turns and that's into the, the expectation. I, as, as someone who literally just got a promotion at my job, I basically was told for months that I had to essentially prove myself oh, yeah. to get that promotion, which is a reasonable expectation of an employer is that if somebody is wanting to promote to a higher position, they need to show that they have the aptitude. Okay, I'm going to interrupt and say horseshit because I have been in that position. I've been a manager who sought talent, found talent, and helped them build it, but I I never put more on them. Like as a, I never looked at them and said, "I want you to do more so that you prove to me that you can but handle this." But was there never an acknowledgement as a, like, "Oh, this one's an overachiever. Let me let me go with this one." Sure, how but about, that's more of a mental thing for me as a. That's a mental thing for them too, though. At a point, how about you this? You create this dynamic both ways. How about this? Wayne is good in his fucking job. He does his job correctly. They go, you know what? This guy does his job correctly. Let's train him for the next job. Right. Not say, hey Wayne. You're really great at your job. Do a bunch of extra shit that's not your job. We're not going to pay you for it to prove you can do this other job. No, fuck you. Pick the person who's best at their current job. Train them to be the next job. Boom, move them up because you know they're competent. They can do their job. And pay them for their training. That was going to be my question. Is there an intermittent pay? Everything you pay for. Everything. Okay. If you want to train someone, pay for it. If you want them to stay after you, pay for it. Fucking goddamn salary positions piss me off because they're like, oh, well, you're making $75,000 a year. Yeah. If you count that for 40 hours of fucking work, but you're not asking for 40 hours of fucking work. You're asking for, no. like, 55 hours of no, work every fucking week. scheme of things, you're, you're still making 75 a year. It doesn't matter. No but. But the, no, but the amount of work you're putting in is not qualified for that. That's my point. No, you're saying it they're absolutely going, is qualified no, no, for No, 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 no. I'm saying... No, what I'm saying is, is it's not a $20 an hour job or a 30, 40-hour job. It becomes a... a no, exactly. I also agree with it. you that and then you're obviously right there. I'm just saying the point is then you're paying paid a lot less than you probably should get paid for that position. Right. Yeah. You're not being compensated for the time you're that not you're being putting into it. Like, yes, it may be a $75,000 a year position, but you are working 60, 70 hours a week sure. versus somebody who is working 40 hours a week and getting paid the same. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I just think the companies need to pay people for it. They fucking expect them to do. And if they can't handle that, then get the fuck out of the kitchen. Just get out of the business then. If you can't handle it, go to hell. First of all, you can't handle it. You were doing it before. You decided to start paying your executives more, and now we're in this fucked mess we are. CEOs are out buying fucking multiple yachts every year for fucking what? Yeah. And they have their bottom-level employees can't even afford to fucking live. 60% of American households are living paycheck to fucking paycheck. That is a recent statistic I just saw. And it's absolutely factually correct. I don't know anybody. Well, no, I don't. I know some people. But, like, hardly anybody is not leaving paycheck yeah. to paycheck these fucking days. And the thing is, most you look at almost any of their employers, and most of them, the CEO of the company, is unimaginably wealthy. Oh, yeah. Like, I can't even comprehend making a million dollars a year. And there are people out there making billions a year. I mean, that's the thing. The majority of these companies that are paying this minimum wage are, they have these rich billionaire CEOs. Because you know what's happening with local businesses? They're realizing that they have to pay more. So these not, I'm not saying the local businesses that fix the problem, but like they're paying more because they realize that they have to pay more than these giant corporations. And they're not making million dollars a year, but these CEOs who are paying the fucking $8 an hour are still living on their fucking yachts. I would partially disagree with you on this because I think a lot of small businesses actually pay less than most large corporations these days. I mean, they can't afford so it. Much less they can pay. Well, yeah, but I agree. But they really can't afford to as well as like a company like McDonald's can. But I guess 
there is a degree to that. I'm just saying, if you go to like to Waynesville or whatever, uh, and you go to one of those restaurants well, downtown, I, would ever go to I, I wouldn't. And I don't but hate myself. McDonald's right now is starting out like fifteen to eighteen, nineteen ducks an hour for crew members. I drive past McDonald's all the they time. They pay nineteen ducks an hour. It's ridiculous right now. Managers start out twenty five or ish. They can so, get for twenty five. So many ducks. Um, so point is lot. though, <laughs> I doubt the waitresses or cook staff at one of waitresses. those restaurants. Is. Have you ever been in McDonald's? No, I'm talking about w- at, at Waynesville restaurants. Ah, yes, the waiters and waitresses. What? I was talking about the restaurants. <laughs> but point is, they're not getting paid that. They're not getting paid right. 15, 16, 17 bucks yeah. an hour. They're getting paid twelve fifty or something, even if they're lucky. They're getting paid fifty. No, if they're waiters, yeah. I'm talking about like cook staff. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. You know. But at the end of the day, point is, we all kind of agree quiet quitting is a bit of bullshit. Like the idea of this, this, this narrative. It's the terminology. Yeah. That's what bothers me more than anything. I was going to say, like, when I first heard the term, I didn't really understand it because it, I don't think that it... Because it doesn't the, make sense. It doesn't, it doesn't. yeah. They're not the, quitting. The term doesn't They're doing their match job. The, the thing. I don't disagree with that because I'm doing that and not with any intention on quitting. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't disagree with the quiet quitting as the right thing because it feels like a subtle way to quit. More so than what it actually is. But really, it's just doing your job, no. but yeah. it's not doing extra jobs. You know jobs. what Wayne said earlier, acting your wage. I've, Act your wage. Yeah, I have legitimately um, been taking out some extra from my okay, job. Extra from my job, right? I have no ambition to move anywhere higher than I am now. I've reached the place I want to be. I'm happy there, right? Don't want to go higher. I've actually very much considered due to recent events at my job to just say, you know what? I'm not doing this extra things because... I'm not getting paid any extra for them. I will get paid the exact same money if I just do my job every day and not this extra stuff. So I'm just going to probably do that here in the next few months and just slowly pull myself away from these other activities they've asked me to do. So another teacher comes in, or how about every other teacher other than you comes in and starts doing more. They, They do... It won't matter. A little bit incrementally more. Will that not push you to do that little bit of incremental more work to secure your job. Not beyond what my expectations are in my classroom. No? What if the kids start thinking that you're, like, less cool than the other teachers? They already think that. First, they do. No, actually, I'm one of the more favorite teachers. First of Uh, all, they're going to think that anybody that's trying harder is not as cool. Okay, all right, that's fair. At the end of the day, though, this has nothing to do with them. None of these things would actually impact them whatsoever. No, 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 I was just joking. All right, so probably a good place to wrap us up. We're at one hour and four minutes. So uh, remember to go ahead and like, subscribe. Please share this podcast with a friend. Get us out there a little bit. Hey, you have a friend. And you, you listener, you, you have a friend. They do all have friends. You're making some assumptions. At was I drunk SP? That's at was I drunk SP for all the social media platforms. And until next time, bottoms up. <laughs>